I've got to tell the truth, more than once in 53 years of pastoring, I have felt like giving up. And you have too. I mean, not giving up on me pastoring, but giving up on things, right? You, 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 there are things probably and there are times in your life, situations where you felt like giving up and maybe, maybe on a relationship or maybe, maybe on your studies, maybe on your ambitions. Hey, maybe when you're struggling on your marriage or, or, or perhaps, you know, on your children even, maybe on your commitment to Jesus or on serving Him. And what we're doing during this teaching series that we've been following the last few weeks is this. What we are saying is instead of waiting until we get in a situation where we have to make a decision in the heat of the moment, it's good for us to establish in our lives who we are and how we are ahead of time so that we can make better decisions when the time actually comes. It's good for us to own our values, choose our identity, which is why we call this series Identity Crisis. How do I want to be? How will I be? How will I show up in this world? And we looked at three things already. Number one was I am alert. We looked at I am faithful. We looked at I am generous. And then today I want to look at I am a finisher. I am a finisher. If you, if you were to think about it, what separates average people from amazing people? What, what separates those who are really fulfilled in life from those who are often empty? What's the difference between those who struggle and those who succeed? And I'm going to tell you this. It's not their intelligence. It's not their appearance. It's not their age. It's not their talent. It's not their education. It's not that some people get it easier than others do in life. The difference is there are those who persevere and those who quit. That's the difference. Uh, I've got a book on my bookshelf by a lady named Angela Duckworth, and she did a lot of research over a long period of time into why really successful people succeed. And the number one quality she came out with, she called grit. And she defined grit this way. Grit is the strength of character that refuses to quit. Here's what she says. Enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. Enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. The secret to success isn't just who you know or what you have or whether you've had an easier road in life. One of the secrets to success is your willingness to stay in the fight. It's the strength of character that refuses to quit. And however this topic hits you this morning, I hope you'll get a hold of it. It's easy to start but it's rare to finish. And that's why we need to embrace the identity that we are finishers. If things get difficult, it's easy to quit. 
So today we're on I am a finisher. We predecide when we commit, we don't quit. Got that? That's poetry. All right. When we commit, we don't quit. Turn to the person beside you and say, when I commit, I don't quit. Now turn, now turn to the person on the other side and say, when I commit, I don't quit. All right, last time, just say it to yourself. When I commit, I don't quit. Why? Because I am a finisher. I am a finisher. And one of the greatest pictures we have of that in the Bible is when the most outstanding figure in, in, in the, 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 the post-resurrection period after Christ went back to heaven, the most outstanding character in the New Testament is, is the Apostle Paul. And as Paul was coming towards the end of his life, he was actually a prisoner in Rome and was waiting execution because of his faith. And in that situation, he wrote a number of letters to different churches, and he wrote two letters to a young man that he had nurtured in his faith some years before by the name of Timothy. And as Paul knew that his end was very close, he wrote these words to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7. Here's what he said. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul could look back on his life as he came now to its final days and he could make this assessment of what had happened and he said, here I am today, I fought the good fight. I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. He was a finisher. He saw it through to the very end. And from that statement, there's a couple of things I wanna pull. Number one is this, finishing demands fortitude. That's a bit of an old-fashioned word, isn't it? But then some of us are a bit old-fashioned anyway. So finishing demands fortitude. Forte is the Latin word for strength. That's what it demands. I have fought the good fight. So many people think that life is meant to be totally straightforward, plain sailing, easygoing, without complications, and I wonder which planet they think they're living on. Now then, of course, you've got people who say, well, you know, I, I've committed my life to Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus. I shouldn't be going through these things. Who said? Who said? Let me, let me read you a couple of Bible verses to really cheer you up. All right, let's start with 2 Timothy 3.10, where the Apostle Paul is talking about his own experience. He says to Timothy, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kind of things happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions that I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. 
Hey, you know it was a rough time for me, Timothy. Oh, and by the way, verse 12. Anyone who wants to live all out for Christ is in for a lot of trouble. There's no getting around it. If you have not yet committed your life to be a follower of Jesus, I want to give you the most enticing statement you could ever hear that's going to have you rushing to try to grab a hold of it. If you want to live all out for Christ, you're in for a lot of trouble and there's no getting around it. So who would like to sign up? No, that is how life's going to be. That is how it will work out. That's why in 1 Timothy 6, 12, Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Listen, life in general is not going to be easy all the time for anybody. Serving Jesus will be very challenging at times as well. But we follow a Savior who did not quit himself. And we need to be finishers. You know, there are a lot of people who said to Jesus, hey, we're going to follow you. And you know what Jesus said to them? He said, foxes have got holes that they live in. Birds have got nests that they settle down in. But if you're going to follow me, you need to realize I don't even have a place of my own to rest my head. It's not necessarily going to be that easy. See, enthusiasm is a wonderful thing. When I was 16 years old, I I went on my first missions trip. A group of us from our, our, our youth fellowship and our church went with our pastor, and we joined a far bigger group of people from all over the country, and uh, we met up in, in, in Dover on the southeast coast of England, and we met up in Dover, and we took the overnight ferry to Ostend in Belgium, and we were pumped. We were absolutely pumped. When we arrived in Ostend, we were like tired because we'd been traveling the day before. We didn't sleep when we were on the ferry overnight. We got into Ostend. We went to a church there. They gave us breakfast. It was, it, was, it was strong black coffee in a little bowl, and it was bread. Now, one thing they do good in Europe is bread. And so it was bread and your black coffee, and that was our, that was our breakfast. And then we got in vans, and we traveled for three or four hours to a town where we were going to help a church and do some stuff with them for the next week. And when we arrived at the church, the pastor was out there to meet us. He was overjoyed that we had all come and expressed his great appreciation to us in a language we didn't understand. But, but he, he, told us, he, he told us, look, we've got, we've got good facilities for you. You're going to be good. The guys, you're all going to be through here in the back of the church. And he took us around the back of the church to this big room with a concrete floor and nothing else. Now, we were told, bring sleeping bags. So, I just want to mention this. By about midnight that night, I wasn't very enthusiastic about doing missions. <laughs> because a simple sleeping bag did nothing for the coldness that was coming through the concrete and did nothing to add to my comfort as we went through that harrowing first night. And I thought, really? Do I want to do this? 
You know, sometimes serving Jesus seems exciting. I'm going to follow Christ. I'll give the Lord everything I've got. And then, you know what, we actually get into it and it's not everything we thought it would be. And the tendency is to pull back. And this morning, you might be wrestling in any particular area of your life, whatever it might be. You started well, but now it's hard work. Maybe it's your college studies. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's you started to save for something special. Maybe it's your church involvement. Maybe it's a commitment you made to help somebody else, and now they're a pain in the neck. But you, it started out well. And I want to encourage you today, just make the decision. This is the kind of person I'm going to be. This is how I'm going to show up in life. I am a finisher. I am a finisher. Finishing demands fortitude. And then the second thing from what Paul said to Timothy here is this. Finishing demands following. To Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, I have finished the race. I have finished the race. In Acts 20, 24, he says this about it. What matters most to me is to finish what God started. The job the master gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. He said, I want to finish the job the master started. My question to you today, are you still doing the job the master started? Are you still following Christ in the way it he called you to follow him. Are you still on track with your faith and with the development of your faith and with your serving of God and of the purposes of God? Are you still? Now, here's the thing. Paul said, I want to finish the job the master gave me to do. Now, a few years ago, I was running an odd race now and again. I didn't do them often for a couple of reasons. One is I didn't want to. And, and, and then the, the, the other reason was most of them were on Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings when I was tied up. But over several years, there was a race. Uh, they called it the Bellport Clipper. Some of you will have run it probably. The Bellport Clipper was on a Sunday afternoon, generally in July. And, and um, you know, that fitted in with a time slot. Now, if you think about it, on Long Island, on a July afternoon, the last time I did that race, it was 90-odd degrees with high humidity. <laughs> but I remember one year when I was doing it, and a friend of mine said, oh, I think I'll do that. I could do that easily. I said, okay, we'll see. Little did I know that right through school and college, uh, track had been his thing. So we're talking trash, right? The two of us back and forth. It's like, yeah, hey, I'll wait for you at the finish line, okay? Right? There we go. If you... If I don't see you in two hours, I'll come back and look for you. Don't worry. So we're, you know, so we're talking trash. And as we're lined up to start, my thought is, so long as I stay alongside him, I'm going to be good. I ran the fastest first mile that I've ever run. And then I died. <laughs> right? Right? I, I absolutely kept up with him right the way along. The line, right the way along. And, and when we passed the mile marker and I looked at the time, I thought, whoa, we're on track here for a personal best and then some. 
And then just after that, I was like, I can't breathe. I'm done. I've got no energy. And I think I must have walked most of the next mile. And he ended up coming back up the course from the finish line to come back in with me. But here's the thing. You know what my mistake was? I tried to run his race. You see, and every one of us runs a different race. God's plans for us all are different. God's purposes for us all are absolutely different. And what we need to do is we need to follow the course God has laid out for us. Now, they tell me if someone's going to play in a serious golf tournament, they go out and they walk the course first and they get to know how everything lies. The trouble is with the journey of life, we don't get the chance to walk the course first. So what we need to do is step by step to follow Jesus. The first weekend of October this year, I, I, I really want to encourage you, even though it's some ways off, to, uh, to keep that first Sunday in October very, you know, keep that clear and make sure you're here. That will actually be the 25th anniversary of us starting our church. So I, I just want to encourage you all, make sure you're with us that Sunday. That will be just a very special day to be together and to thank God for his great goodness to us. Can't believe it was 25 years ago. Like, that's incredible. And I look at some of you who were with us on day one, and there's two things, I think. Number one, you don't look a day older. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be nice to the people who stood by me, all right? And the second thing I think is, you're amazing people because you're determined to finish the course. Determined to finish the course. We had no idea of all the twists and turns that there would be in the life of our church in the course of this journey. We had no idea whatever. Didn't know where things would go, how things would go, where we'd be, who we'd meet. But the fact is this, God knew. God knew. And God knows where your life is going to go. And I want to encourage you, keep your hand in the hand of God. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Wherever today you might be tempted to give up, I want to encourage you, draw fresh strength from God and say, Lord, with your help, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep on. I love the statement the great missionary David Livingstone made where he said, I will go anywhere provided it be forward. If we're going to finish, we've got to follow the course that God has laid out for us. One of the sad things about that letter from Paul to Timothy, you know, towards the end of his life, in, in verse 9, he says this to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, 
because he's helpful to me in my ministry. So here's Paul towards the end of his life now, and he says, I'm feeling a bit alone because these guys decided they didn't want to stick it out. Will you come to be with me? In 1 Timothy 6.10, he puts it this way. He says, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. Forget about the actual money thing. The thing is, some people get so tangled up with other things in life, and that's easily done, that they wander from the faith. You can get so distracted. You can get distracted by God's blessings. You can get distracted by your family. You can get distracted by that career that you looked for and it seemed like God opened the way to you. You can get distracted by so many things and wander from the faith. Don't be a wanderer. Be a finisher. Be a finisher. Be faithful. Be committed. Be consistent. Paul wrote to the Galatians in Galatians 5 and verse 7. Here's what he said. He said, you were running superbly. Who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course of obedience? And there may be some of you here this morning that that your relationship with God was once way better than it is now. And and you know what? You, You felt you lived with an awareness of God and you were enjoying the peace of God and were feeling fulfilled in serving God. And here's the question. You were running superbly. Who cut in on you? Who deflected you? Today's a good day to get back on track. Say, God, I want to follow you with my whole heart. Be a finisher. William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army, which in its early years did, and still does, do a lot more than the, you know, the the, the kettle at Christmas. It was a force of evangelism, the Salvation Army. Reached people in some of the poorest areas of the greatest cities in this world and reached them for Jesus. And when General Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, he came to a point in his life where he lost his sight and, and his son Bramwell was left to break the news that he wouldn't be, his sight would not come back. And Booth simply said to him, do you mean I'm blind? Don't you like it when you try to introduce an issue to somebody subtly and gently and it's like, I've got something to tell you. You know how your eyes is? And Booth is like, yeah, I'm blind, right? <laughs> And his son replied, yeah, apparently that's that's thing. And so Booth said, that means I'll never see your face again. And his son said, probably not in this world. And Booth replied, I've done what I could for God and his people with my eyes. Now I will do what I can without my eyes. I love that, don't you? I, I love that. 
It's like, if this is the course that's laid out for me, if this is the path that there is, you know what? I'll do everything I can for God the way things are right now. He was following the course that opened up before him. He kept pushing forward. And I want to encourage you today, keep following, keep, keep pursuing the pathway that God opens up for you. So finishing demands strength, fortitude. It demands following. And thirdly, finishing demands faith. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have kept the faith. What a wonderful thing to come to the end of the journey and say, I've kept the faith. What a great thing to come to the end with a faith that's still vibrant and real. Sadly, I've met too many older Christians who seem to have got bitter and critical and like just all the life's been squeezed out of them. And you know what? I want to finish my journey like Paul did. And I want you to finish your journey like Paul did, where you can say, I've kept the faith. I've kept the faith. This has been what's kept me, and I've held on to it. In Acts chapter 20, he said this. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He said, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Now, now that's, that's in the New International Version of the Bible. If you go back to the old King James Bible, you know what it says? It says, my aim is to finish the course with joy. I want some of that. Do you? I want to finish my course with joy. I don't want to be a miserable old man. I don't want to be a Christian who's frowning on everything going on. I don't want to be looking around and saying, we never did it like that in my day. I want to finish my course with joy. I want the life of God still to be the thing that gives me life. I want the joy of the Lord to still be something that not only is in me, but actually that it still overflows from me and it impacts the life of others. I want to live with such a sense of the peace of God that people I come in contact with, they, they, get, a, they get a little touch of the peace of God in their hearts too. I don't want to die empty and dried up. I want to die finishing the course that God has given me and doing it with joy. Make that your goal too. Don't let anything or anybody suck the life of God out of you. Relish it. Develop it. Hold on to it. Enjoy it. Remember why God gave us life. Remember why God called us. In the 1968 Olympics, which I know took place before many of you were born, but others of us remember them well. The 1968 Olympics, in the marathon event, there was a, there was a runner by the name of John Stephen Aquari, who was a marathon runner, representing Tanzania. 
And it was a huge thing for him to come. And nobody expected him to do that well, but he qualified and he went to proudly represent his country. And some ways into the marathon, John Stephen Aquari tripped on a curb and he fell very badly. And he damaged his knee and his ankle. In fact, at one point, they said a piece of bone was sticking through his skin. The medics came straight away, got a hold of him, started taking to an ambulance, and he protested strongly. And he said, I've got to finish the race. They told him he couldn't. He said, I'm going to. And they strapped him up as well as they possibly could. Later that day, it was evening. The games had finished. An Ethiopian had won. There's a surprise for the marathon, right? So, so an Ethiopian had won. The medal ceremony was over. Most of the crowd had gone home, but the buzz had gone around. There was one runner still on the course. And a small number of the crowd stayed and waited. And they looked towards the entrance to the stadium until they saw John Stephen Aquari come through. Limping, slow, obviously in incredible pain. And a great cheer went up in the stadium as he came and did the one final lap painfully around that track. And when he finished that race, he collapsed. And a reporter <laughs> shoved a microphone in his face and said, why did you do it? And John Stephen Aquari said, my country did not send me 7,000 miles to compete in a race. They sent me 7,000 miles to finish a race. And I finished. I finished. Sitting here this Sunday morning, you might be a believer whose relationship with Jesus has diminished, become distant. And I want to encourage you today to make this commitment. I'm going to be a finisher. I'm going to be a finisher. I'm going to be one of those people who follows Jesus wholeheartedly for the whole of my life. You may be here today and you don't really know what it is to have a relationship with Christ. And I want to encourage you that life in all its fullness is found when you ask Jesus Christ to be the center of your life and you commit yourself to him. Today would be a good day for many of us, perhaps, to say, Lord, I want to follow you with all of my heart because I want to be a finisher. When I commit, I don't quit. I'm going to finish the course. Let's pray.